0: Belindy Skazinski,
1: Michaely likely, likely, unlikely.
0: (laughs) And that's it for the (laughs) show.
1: I panicked with the last one. I didn't know how to rhyme. So I just went with the same one. You
0: didn't know how to rhyme.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while, Michael. I've even forgotten your face.
0: It's been three months, so listeners, if you listened, if you've listened, don't want that's funny. So listeners, if you listened to our last rambles, this is three months later, later, later. (laughs) (laughs) Now sound effects.
1: Three months later, on where are you at, Michael? What's been going on? Tell me
0: mmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah okay well God I'm so in the last rambles I was speaking about just dating coming into a relationship with someone who was dominant who is mm. dominant mm. and
1: incredibly good. <laughs> It's because I know what's happened since. Like, you've always, always wanted to have this relationship with a dom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not all doom and gloom, indeed. No, it's, it's not. It's not your love stories. <laughs>
1: <laughs> of, uh, yeah, of tragedy and sheer horror. Don't be modest. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I've, I interrupted your flow. Yes, so you've uh, you've come yes. to be in a relationship with a dom.
0: Yes, and I just uh, have to say that he's very good. He's very good. He takes on that uh, real archetypal energy of of like protector, but not possessive, um, caring, but you know, kind of confident. In his, in his ways which is really nice flexible as well I think I think the main characteristic so far not so far sorry really, the main characteristic which has, can, which has pushed through has been his emotional intelligence emotional intelligence that's something which I think is key in a sustainable dom sub dynamic
1: mm. so he's got those qualities of a, a real uh, skillful sort of dom
0: yes yeah yeah he's he's very good with that
1: and so what's that been like for you to explore that
0: yeah it, it's been quite mixed there's, there's been a lot that's happened so it's it's it really has ticked many boxes but there's a few things that I'm learning about myself as the process unfolds mm. one of which is that I can really see the submissive part of myself being one part of myself, not the whole part of myself, which I've previously thought. I thought I'm a submissive and therefore I want to kind of do what the man says and and kind of obey that. But I actually find I'm quite independent and I'm quite um, headstrong and I've got opinions and I've got uh, ideas about things and I'm actually kind of leading the way sometimes which competes with my idea of the DS dynamic. So that's Mm. one thing, it's like a misconception. It's like, oh, when I find this dominant partner, I'm gonna be subservient in all ways, like doing the dishes and like being domestic, um, being always of service, but it just, when tried to do it in 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 a prolonged amount of time, it just doesn't feel real, it feels forced. Maybe, and this is particular to my own experience, many people have found that definitely that severe, more literal, Dom dynamic 24 7.
1: It sounds like it's taking the fantasy, and when it's in day to day life, it actually becomes more of a what well, sounds healthy to me that there is more of a shared process of yeah. like direction.
0: Yeah. I think that's right. The fantasy is completely different to the reality when having a chance to play out in a long, in a prolonged state of time. There's a, there's a big difference. Parts of me which don't want to be submissive or parts of me which are very dominant, actually. Mm. It seems to... The submissive side seems to manifest when it becomes much more sexual. And that's where I'm kind of happy for it to stay is when it becomes more sexual, then the roles become more clear. Got it.
1: So it sounds like what you're saying so far, you've learned some things about yourself, and this first one is that you see this as a part of you, this submissive side. What else would you say you've learnt about yourself?
0: Yeah, so during the relate the during the process of the relationship, um, I've had a sudden change of heart, which is to kind of, um, push away, turn away, an aversive mentality, which I just think, hmm, maybe this isn't the right person for me, time to move on. But then feeling uncomfortable with such a reaction and an, and a response, I kind of look back in my past and notice that there is a habit of feeling some sort of, um, feeling a high level of intimacy and then suddenly turning away from it. So... Mm-hmm. What that's led to is a deeper look into how I work with intimacy, the deeper parts of me.
1: Because this sort of doubt arises about continuing.
0: Yeah. Obsessive doubt. (laughs) Worry, like chronic worry. Is this the right person? Is this the one? Am I attracted to this person? What does it mean if I'm not attracted today? Why am I not sending a text message today? That must mean I don't like him. Surely if I like him, I'll be sending him, you know, a message every day, two messages every day.
1: You're asking yourself a lot of questions.
0: Ah, oh, like I could go on and on and on. Oh, I didn't like him in this moment. What does that mean? Oh, it must be I don't like him completely. Oh, I don't want to respond straight away. Oh, that must mean I don't like him does it mean i don't like him so just this circular obsessive cycle of just doubt
1: it sounds relentless and tormenting
0: oh really has and it's been a big struggle i've been honest with him about it but so in this sort of state i've, I've you know i've tried to seek what could be going on and i've come across rocd which is relationship ocd and that has really helped me to label the behaviour which is going on.
1: So if we pause here, a good definition, a working definition of our OCD is, if we're thinking about OCD, what characterises it is people have intrusive obsessions. So these are different to thoughts that we might have, which is, oh, I don't know if I really want to go out. It's this intrusive, it feels like it's unwanted, it's this very invasive thought process. And when it's ROCD, those invasive thoughts are around the relationship. And uh, there's different types of obsessions. You know, a lot of people know about the contamination types. Mm. There's a whole area or umbrella called doubt, the doubt-related types of obsessions. And so ROCD falls within that umbrella in which a lot of the obsessions centre around doubt. Yeah. And then the compulsive side, because, again, with ROCD or OCD, the compulsions can be more these things you feel an urge to have to do. Given all of the stuff going on in your mind, all these ruminations and obsessions and intrusive thinking, it gets to a point where there's this urge to do something. Mm. And in ROCD, typically that is to talk to the partner about the doubts or get reassurance about the relationship, or even what you were saying to me is, you've got so many questions when you when you write a text. Should I write a text? So then it might involve you writing a text or doing something compulsive around mm-hmm. that obsession there and then about something specific. Yeah. So it's a very it's a very uh, internal. And what's the word I'm trying to find?
0: Relentless.
1: Yeah, it's just it's a, a preoccupation. I think it's a very full preoccupation, which then means you're detached from that relationship because you, you're, you're kind of so immersed in your mind. It's much more detached from the connection.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, just to go back, that reassurance-seeking is something I definitely was doing. Googling, how do you know you're in love? How do you know you like the person? And just reading articles even confessing so saying to him oh I'm having doubt just a way of relieving some of that tension I mean those conversations are important but in certain times when I've expressed that it was more about reassurance rather than actually having conversation so that that's overtaken my uh the relationship and it's taken a lot of maturity I think on his behalf to sort of stay with it for a while and see it through a bit longer. And I've gone to therapy and I'm trying to work with it and work through it Um, because I'm not convinced that it's him. I'm sure that it could have been anyone in front of me and I'd be experiencing, as I have experienced in the past, the similar thoughts.
1: And so what you've been saying is that you've entered into this subdom relationship and they got a point where it became intimate, maybe a few months in it was starting to get really close, and then it was at that point that you noticed this big eruption of the ROCD. Mm. Sounds like it's been a, a tough road in ways.
0: Yes, uh, and it's been quite rocky, very rocky.
1: But at the moment, it's for, actually... Sorry. I was just going to say, and good on you for where you're at with it, which is just trying to hold the space for it.
0: Yeah, the moment... It's-
1: and get some object, you know, outside help from a therapist that can be really good.
0: And at the moment, it's it's actually quite well. It's quite quite good in the last week or so. So it's really good. Very good. The reason I bring this up and how it relates to the subdom dynamic, I think for me, um, this is not conclusive. I'm still trying to think it through is I've wondered if the submissive part of me prior to, stepping into the ROCD framework, if the submissive part of me has been trying to resolve these inner conflicts, this uncertainty, this rumination, this doubt, if it's been trying to be resolved by finding a dominant who seemingly presents as the opposite, confident, sure, unconflicted, all these sorts of states of of mind we've mentioned in, in prior seasons, particularly number one. And I'm just wondering if... Being submissive is trying to wrestle with these deeper uh, mental states.
1: It does sound like this is likely to then come up when you do find yourself in a relationship with a Dom. Mm. Because up yeah. to now, you, have, you haven't had that experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's so yeah. some deep inner work you're doing here, Michael. It mm. sounds like you're. Really, good on you. That ongoing blessing and a curse of that relentless self awareness that we have is <laughs> to seek to understand ourselves. Good on you. Mm.
0: Yeah. It's hard. Thank you. I've been doing um, a bit more sex work and I love it. I really enjoy it. I really feel that I am able to meet the needs of the person in front of me. I'm prepared to go. Where the imagination needs to go, where the fantasy is is asked to go. I'm prepared to go there.
1: So pushing your own boundaries?
0: Uh no, actually, not pushing my own boundaries, um, pushing their boundaries, but in a consensual way. Got it. And just doing stuff that people have been fantasizing about. It just absolutely—it's a kind of it's a um real gift. There's a real what's the word? Appreciate a real. Honor, able. It's a real privilege, able to be doing, being doing that. Um, I've slowed down with since coming to the relationship and, and going through this uh, ROCD stuff, but it's definitely such a great place to be, and in, enjoying the dominant side, really enjoying that side. Hmm.
1: Sounds fascinating. Hmm. Yeah. So being able, it sounds like what you're enjoying is being able to really uncover what specific fantasies other people have, and then working with them to play it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: It just fascinates me how many men and women, well, I'm in contact with men. It just fascinates me how many men have that need to serve. Someone messaged me, uh on my accounts just saying can I please bring you a coffee during lunch just to show how much I want to serve and I pose as a dominant and I just want to have this deep urge to serve just like wow it's everywhere
1: everywhere Mm. and so you're seeing a lot of it the what's under the surface Mm. coming through
0: And it's hard for me because as I go through my own journey with myself and understanding myself, knowing that there are deeper wounds that can inform this behaviour and just unsure of how to, how much do I participate in this and how much is it helping or not helping? Should I really care? All those questions keep coming up.
1: Mm. Mm. It's a difficult Terrain, because on one level, I think what we've ourselves uncovered is only through the exploration can you get to a point of, well, for me it was more I had to sort of do it and looking back part of it was incredibly healing. Mm. But if I had brought in that self-awareness, if I was just in the moment doing it and then reacting to what had happened in a more narrowed way, I think that it could have ended up being more of an unhealthy overall experience. Mm. But that's why it's such a difficult terrain to navigate, is we don't know or we can't really influence other people's levels of self-awareness mm. or their degree of willingness to go there. Yeah. yeah. And also, who are we to even judge about? Well, I mean, that's been our experience, but what you know, where do we don't know where other people are at.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm increasingly more comfortable with it all. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's such an privilege to be able to let someone do the things they deeply have wanted to do. It's great. It's really good. Yeah. There's some other stuff that's come up, I think, that I've realized. I'm, I've now made a Twitter account. You can reach a wider audience through that. I never wanted to do Twitter. And I still kind of don't. The intention was to put much more explicit content on there to get more clients. Mm -hmm. There's a few obstacles coming at me. And one obstacle is, is that I'm changing career and that career can't exist with the persona I have on Twitter. Now, when I've created this profile on Twitter, I see so many more FinDom profiles. And Indie these people these guys they're just boys in terms of boy psychology Mm. it's so apparent to me it's like look at my feet which fag is gonna pay for this now i want my coffee and you're just like (laughs) like what are you doing what are you doing seriously It's such boy psychology coming out, and we are obsessed over it. We're all obsessing over this boy psychology of here I am, I'm the bully, I get what I want, this arrogant. It's how much we're obsessed about this.
1: So by boy psychology, you're partly talking about a narcissist? Sounds narcissistic.
0: Potentially, yeah, these narcissistic qualities, yeah.
1: Because it does sound that way. I'm so do everything for me. As I'm hearing you, I just think, oh, this sounds awful. Well, this never... is,
0: you're a dom, Indy. What are you talking about? This is exactly up your alley.
1: Oh, but I wouldn't be going on Twitter and saying, look at my feet, pay. That's yes, crap. <laughs>
0: yes, you would. Give it the chance and you would. Trust uh, me. Uh, yeah,
1: maybe.
0: But I just look at some of these guys and I think, I don't believe you. I don't believe it. And... Partly why we're obsessed with this type of adult or this type of guy is because of beauty. We're drunk on beauty. Beauty is just, <laughs> it's its what we are. We, we love the young, beautiful, confident guys. It's just, its it's everywhere.
1: I've got to say, though, I've got, at the moment, next door to me, there's a construction happening. And it's been going on for the last, I don't know, a few months. And there's a guy who's, again, I was saying this to you before, Michael, tradies for the ladies.
0: <laughs> well, you weren't just saying it, Indy. Before this episode casted, you were trying to video for me to show me, let's be honest.
1: <laughs> well, I was trying to get him on the video call. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah, so I, I think he fits. I think I could very easily see the guy next door doing a you normal, know, this is all, he's, a, he's got a very inflated egoy sort of personality and he's young and exactly what you're talking about. And I just think, oh, to be honest with you, there's a part of me that is attracted to him and yeah. has these thoughts like, oh, maybe I should just go and ask if he wants to come over for a drink after work. <laughs> <laughs> and I've played out the fantasies of him coming over, giving me a bang and then leaving. That's yeah. that's completely. I'll own that. But another part of me just thinks, oh, I just can't stand listening to you talk about women and how you want to just and, and, and flexing and having your shirt off. And oh, come on!
0: It's, it's just, <laughs> you have the biggest grin on your face as you say that. You can't even you can't even lie to
1: yourself. <laughs> it's true though. It's true. It's true. No, there is a part of me that just can't. I can't stand him. Yeah. I can't stand him and what he represents, that the way men are going. Is, it's so common now to hear that men have become these narcissistic, self-entitled sociopaths, really. It's the it's particularly the men who are very attractive, as in I'm talking about physically and as it fits with the current ideals in our society, built, fit, tall, you know, very symmetrical appearance, spatially, all, all that, you know, muscular, defined, all of that stuff, any guy that really fits that profile has got so much attention from women or men or them and therefore has this dual process going on of thinking they're the best and then actually getting a lot of attention that confirms that, that it just then drives the ego more and then the destructive nature of it. But that—that's at
0: the heart of some of my sessions. I will be consensually bullying, derogatizing the client, and then they really get off when I say, "And I can get away with this because of the way I look," and they're like, "Yeah, yeah." It's—it that's a really deep core of what definitely aroused people, and I can get away with taking money, and I can get away with, um making you massage my feet i can get away with it because of how i look and and like yeah so there's a real (laughs) we're so Mm -hmm. primal in so in some ways but i'm increasingly becoming as you're saying just not jaded i'm just disenchanted with these guys online i'm like really and i think partly what it is is just knowing that there's more important things happening in the world or i could be more effective in the world in other ways like in career or people around me i don't know i don't know
1: one dimensional it's incredibly it one dimensional.
0: yeah but man it's a powerful dimension
1: it is it's a powerful dimension so,
0: so magnetic but full disclosure transparency i have a profile that does just as much i'm not just as i'm not brutal but i have Profile that shows feet, flexes That kind of thing So I'm doing it uh, I, I've i definitely slowed down Because I just am, I'm bored I'm bored
1: mm.
0: Spotlight Indie has been Shifted on you
1: Oh Has it mm. now?
0: That's right
1: I think I'm still reeling from season 3 Even these 6 months on it's just that one episode I did about my relationship history has just been resonating in my brain. It's like, really, is that really what happened?
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> Listeners, we did a a, <laughs> a severely edited reel of that episode where Indy talks about her relationships.
1: <laughs> we laughed while you played that. We really laughed. <laughs> it's just one. Statement of horror after the. other. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so it's so bad. It's so tragic. <laughs> we edited.
0: We edited out. We edited out everything except for the highlights of relationships. And it was just so tragic. <laughs> About four minutes or something like that. Three minutes. <laughs> Sorry. So,
1: <laughs> I ended up to try women, <laughs> and it felt good. I felt safer.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm good.
1: Yeah, it felt safer dating women because oh well, I haven't actually gone on dates. That's the problem. I've been doing this online. I have a lot of attention from women. Mm. I think it's because of the androgynous. Some of the pictures I have are much more androgynous, uh masculine woman type thing, I guess, in a way. And I think that's a type so I just so many likes. I was kind of a bit overwhelmed with it all. And so many people messaging me. It just became too much So I had to get off and then I just mm-hmm. disappeared. But some of the women I talked to, I ended up having longer conversations with. This is all online. And it led me to think, oh, wow, I just feel so much safer. It just feels more like I don't have to worry about, um, you know, some of the things that I'm really worried about with men just don't seem like they've become an issue. But then I realised, no, wait a minute, that comes up with anyone. Like what? Well, actually, one of the things that is really genuinely different, which I didn't realise, is the physical safety element. So the, well, maybe it isn't, I don't know, about being physically bashed up or if you meet someone and, and if it's a guy, you know, you are more likely to be physically overpowered as a female. So that dynamic is not there with women as much think mm. women are more emotionally attuned. I really liked how it was so much more genuinely about understanding and empathising, yeah. whereas with men, it just didn't feel to that level of, of empathy and connection, and I really liked that.
0: But you're doing the same behaviours, aren't you? You're, you're chatting, then you stop talking to them, you know? So it feels like there's some you're putting some obstacles in pursuing that relationship with females. Makes sense that you said it was quite overwhelming. Yeah,
1: I think that I am now at a point where I just don't know whether I have it in me anymore to have any level of intimacy with anyone, regardless of their sex. Just I don't know. I just think that even when I was speaking to some women and they were really keen and they wanted to meet up, I would just drop off the radar. Because there's a big part of me now that just thinks, and also I've been speaking to this guy, again, I've been doing some more hetero dating, and this guy is asking me, why why don't you like cuddles? Why is the idea of being in a relationship so difficult? And it's had to make me think about it and recognise that I have some serious walls up. And while I was doing all of the BDSM stuff, it was great because those walls were never challenged. I never had to be, uh, you know, I never had to have that side of me. We, you don't cuddle after BDSM. You'd kick the man out him <sighs> to. Inter- and so, yeah, I think I'm just at a point where I don't know anymore what I really, I don't know what I really want. I. I just think that I'm I think that I'm either at a stage where I just need a break, or I think that it's it's a decision to just not go there anymore indefinitely. And if that changes, I just don't see, I think that's the part of the problem is I just don't see it playing out that I will find a connection with another human being who is. Able to hold all of what I've got going on on one level, and then on a the second level, it's more about I don't see myself trusting myself to be able to recognize any red flags or flags because so many times now I thought I did and mm. I thought that I was looking healthy, which just then isn't. So, how can I trust myself? Mm. So, it's all of that <clears throat> points to. And part of me just goes, well, look, that's okay. Relationships aren't everything. And I've got a lot of other valuable, meaningful connections in my life. I don't feel deprived. I certainly don't feel deprived anymore. In some ways, I actually feel more liberated from Mm. the burden of that expectation. Mm. Having said all of that, I do still sometimes get the urges to be dom. And or four weeks ago, I contacted a sub who's on and off. And it was really interesting because I was able to see the conditions that were all coming together in my life where that urge to be Dom really became prominent and strong. I was going through some things about my life that felt somewhat out of control, of my control. Mm. And I also felt like my self-worth had been really shaken, just, just temporarily for these few weeks given some conditions that had come together. And it was very interesting to see that that Dom part of me really rose up and there was a strong, strong need to go back to that persona. And then I had a session with him where I was so dominant. Like he came in the room, I told him to kneel down. The first thing I did was slap him hard across the face twice. I was brutal. I was so brutal. And I think because I've done it now so much, I just... And it was consensually brutal, obviously, mm. you know. Um, he loved it. And I just think, yeah, wow, there's mm. this part of me that lo- likes to just have a bit of airtime because <laughs> it it helps me have some reprieve from these deeper aspects of my psyche that are quite vulnerable and um, this is a way for me to feel like I can feel more confident and and temporarily kind of
0: like propped up. Personally, knowing what you were going through in those few weeks, I just would never be the recipient of your emotional state there in a the concentrated DS dynamic. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> How was the session? Did, I mean, did you enjoy the session though?
1: Oh, I loved it. Yeah, it was really nice to get back into my DOM gear. The sub, I, I loved, the part that I loved the most about that session was that the sub, he wants me to push his boundaries around edge play and he's so used to having an orgasm every time he has a session or that he ever ever has sex in the vanilla sense that he's, he's so used to that. And I'm very into denial and he's trying to work on that side of himself because he likes it too. And so near the end of the session when he was completely tormented, I denied him the whole time, this was about an hour, he was writhing on the bed, begging for an orgasm, and I was I was saying to him in this really clear, almost teacher kind of way, you know, you can push yourself further than this. You don't need an orgasm, uh, and and really pushing him on his edges of like. But then he was he was really wanting one, and he was like, "But God, goddess, I've, actually, the other thing is I've changed from goddess to mistress. Uh, Seems so more, but mistress, I." <laughs> I really, want, and i was able to really uh yeah push it what was nice about that was he truly was begging it wasn't just it got to the point where he genuinely was i don't like the word necessarily but pathetic you know genuinely like really
0: you do like that word you said so all the time <laughs> I see. (laughs) just kind of clicked. (laughs) (laughs) You would love that, though. You would probably love to hear that. Chastity. Yeah. Did you do it with him?
1: Uh, Well, I mean, not not in that session. I haven't done chastity in a while because he's very, oh, my God, I have to wear a chastity belt for half an hour outside of the session. He's very early on into it, whereas Mm. I've with people who have done it for years and can be in chastity for weeks. So but in the very early stages of chastity.
0: Your DOM life has come out in other ways as well, not just through sex but through work life.
1: Yeah, I think that another way of putting the DOM side is that ability to cultivate an assertive position that is equal to someone else's. Mm. And I think women tend to defer a lot and not have an equal. They're more, oh, I could it could be this, or I, maybe, or is it possible? And that equality standing side by side with someone around how how your position might be just as strong can be difficult for women, though, and for men, I'm sure. I, I just think that I'm talking about my own conditioning here. So there's been times where I've had to negotiate or um, advocate for myself. Or even just recently, I was j- I'm doing a course studying animal behavior and, uh, you know, I had to be the facilitator for a meeting. And I was able to just be really clear about, actually, this is now taking up too much time. We need to move on to the next item. And I, I was being very dom during that meeting. <laughs> but not the rude dom, the skillful,
0: clear, assertive. Would you dominate a woman that you date?
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: Would you let them dominate you? Yeah, I'd like to try that.
1: Hmm. It would depend on the connection, I think. Hmm. So overall, Michael, I'd say that I'm in a place where I've, I'm just still reeling back from it all, dipping my toe in and out, and in a way trying to reconcile where I sit now in relation to both vanilla and kink.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Lots there for the future. Take care, listeners. Take care, Andy.
1: Thanks, everyone.